Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of After Taps with your host Eric Marshall and Tim Flanagan. Uh, this episode is going to be a little different than uh, what we've had in the past. It's going to be a lot of fun to do. Uh, we have two two groups of special guests this time. We are going to be joined here by CGA Hockey, uh, the prep team that they have, as long along with the uh, the CMA prep hockey team, and we're going to get a little recap of their trip to nationals. So I'm looking at looking forward to that. Um, little quick intro though, Tim. We just finished our what second or third weekend leave here on Col at Culver. Uh, it was a good time away from school. How did you uh, spend your break and did you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, sounds good. I was just making sure. Uh, yeah. So um, we actually had our baseball team had two games this weekend. So Friday night we traveled to Bremen. We beat them nine to two, and then Saturday morning we were at home. We hosted Couts. We beat them seventeen to seven. So that's uh, kind of how I spent my weekend off the field. Though I stayed at my friend's house in town. I did meet up with Ricky a couple times, Friday night, Saturday night. So that was that was some good fun. Played poker on Friday night till uh, not too late. We had a game the next morning, but that's kind of how I spent my weekend. We didn't really do much. Kind of hung out around town. Yeah, overall it was a good uh, a good time. So I'm glad we got that time away from school. Kind of bring us back together here as we make our final stretch towards graduation. Uh, yeah, for those for of you sure. guys listening, so Tim did mention that uh, he said, can you hear me? So we're trying something a little new tonight. We are all kind of logged in into like a Zoom style call here, but uh, we're using a website called Zencaster.com. It's been very helpful in the past for making podcasts. So if you're interested in making a podcast, go ahead and check them out. So joining me here today, we've got uh, the Culver Girls Academy prep hockey team fresh back from their national tournament. Uh, I'm joined with some senior leaders along with some younger girls in the program, and they're going to go ahead and introduce themselves here. Uh, my name is Katie Manning. I'm a four-year senior from Chicago, and uh, next year I'm going to be playing D3 hockey at Elmira College in New York. Um, hi, my name is Caroline Alfin. I am a two-year sophomore from <clears throat> Raleigh, North Carolina. And um, my plan for next year is to come back for my season. Um, hi, my name's Abby Sears. I'm also a two-year sophomore from Cleveland, Ohio. And um, hi, I'm Zoe Laura. I'm from Madison, Wisconsin. I'm a two-year senior, and I'm going to play hockey at RIT next year. Zoe, I'm sorry. You're gonna have to repeat that. You cut out a little bit there, if you don't oh, mind. Oh, sorry, Ricky. Um, I'm I'm Zoe Lori. I'm from Madison, Wisconsin. I'm a two -year senior, and I'll be playing college hockey at RIT next year. Awesome. It sounds like you guys got a lot ahead of you for those of you that are going off to college, and then those of you guys that are staying here on campus. Um, before we get into the national tournament, can you guys? One one of you guys, maybe uh, maybe the senior leaders, kind of talk about your season and how it went leading up to the national tournament because that's not something that every team gets to go to. Uh, I believe there's a there's a district tournament and then a kind of a, a season that leads into that. If somebody wants to kind of touch on that real quick, yeah, I can I can definitely take this one. Um, 
I think this year, obviously, with everything um, going on with COVID, it was a tough year for everybody mentally. Um, and I think just the importance of our team, like coming together uh, right before that district tournament, um, we had Penn's Elite first and we beat them, or I mean, Gilmore first, we beat them two to one and then Penn's Elite two nothing. And uh, that was definitely a huge step for our program. It was the second time our program's gone to the national tournament. Um, so that was a big thing. And our goal all year was to make it to districts. Um, one, be able to play, make sure that everybody was negative on the COVID screenings and then uh, win. And that was huge for us. And Katie can probably talk a little bit about the feeling that we had when we won. Thank you, yeah, Zoe. Right. So uh, I had Katie, a question. Do you want to jump you? into that? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, that feeling after winning was definitely unreal. Like uh, sophomore year, I was able to go for the first time with the team, but I think this year was even more exhilarating for us because of how much we faced at the beginning of the year with quarantines and um, little scares with the quarantine or COVID canceling um, games and all of that. So winning districts is definitely very exciting. Yeah, thank you, Katie. Yeah, I, I got another definitely question just to kind of bring back up districts. Great. Go for it, Tim. Am I good to go? Yeah, yeah. All you, yeah, all so you, I just it. had a question about districts for you guys who were so you guys did it a little bit different than the boys prep team did. You guys had to win out your districts first. So, and you guys didn't get like a national bid instead. So kind of just tell us how, how much you guys prepared and how excited you guys were. I know you guys already kind of touched on it, but how excited and how prepared you guys were to go into that district tournament and what your guys' expectations were. Like just kind of touch on that. Um, you know, our, our goal season was to go in and win districts. I think like our mindset, uh, we definitely tried to have a growth mindset through, throughout the whole season <clears throat> with all the bumps in the roads we hit. Um, like Katie mentioned with like going into quarantine, um, I guess I think just like the focus going into districts was obviously just to win. So we had that in the back of our minds, especially like the month leading up to it. Um, and then we had, you know, pregame skate, um, before we played Gilmore. And I think that that always gets us fired up, but um, Caroline can probably talk about the excitement in the room, especially the younger girls. Um, it was, it was a new thing for them. Um, yeah. So definitely this was my sophomore year. Um, so this was our second year, at least for me going to districts. And I think, Last year was a big, uh, a big heartbreak for a lot of us. I know for me, I had a lot of, a lot of big hopes and dreams for my freshman year. And I think going into the district weekend and having to face Penn's first that close game all the way up until the end and losing there was definitely a heartbreak for a lot of us. And I think that was at least a lot of fuel in my belly for that past uh, district tournament against as well as against Gilmore it's it's definitely a high stakes game and it's definitely a high intensity and you want the best for your team and I think going into that and winning the entire tournament for districts and 
having that relief of hopping off that bench and throwing your guns up and piling up in front of the net was definitely a lot for me. I, I mean, growing always played in those district tournaments or uh, state tournaments, trying to get to those district tournaments to go to nationals. And I think uh, finally being able to make that dream come true was definitely a big push. And that was definitely something I really enjoyed having with. Yeah, that's, that's great. You guys definitely, like you said, battled adversity early and then towards later in the season, you guys were able to pull together and ultimately beat, uh, beat the teams you needed to, to move on in the district tournament, which is, it's a tough thing to do. I mean, uh, as as the viewers know, I played and I, I've gone through that whole thing, and I know what it's like to lose, and I also know what it's like to win. So I definitely feel for you guys, and I'm I'm happy for all you guys that were able to experience it once and maybe even twice. Um, kind of going away from Culver though, real quick. Um, and for some of the viewers that don't know, Culver is composed obviously of students and athletes from different places, as they mentioned. But for you girls growing up, you didn't play hockey together, so you all played for your respective uh, organizations. What was it like coming to Culver and learning to play with everybody? I know for Abby, Caroline, and Zoe, you guys were all new last year. And then Katie, you obviously played before that. What was it like as you guys kind of came together as one and played a season last year together, kind of built your way up and then had such a successful season this year? Um, I'll start on this one. I think something for me is that I grew up playing both boys and girls hockey, and then I eventually transitioned over to girls. But I've been playing with the same group of girls since I was like eight. And it was really hard for me to leave them and make the decision to come here where I knew nobody on the team. And I had to build a lot of new connections with everybody. But honestly, it's probably the best decision I've made. The team's been amazing. And everybody in the locker room just has such good vibes. And we all push each other to where we want to be. And I think it's just such a great situation and I'm glad that I got here. Um, Abby, Abby put it in a great um, words, but I think um, coming in, like obviously as a new junior last year, it's, it's not easy. Um, but like, I will say um, the like coaches at Culver, like our coach, Corey, um, you know, he's, really good with building you know that family atmosphere and you're kind of forced to you know either uh be in it or be out of it basically um and so if you're in it you're totally bought in and you're showing up every day to be with your friends and train alongside them and I think the important thing is like our seniors last year I think helped a lot with that um a couple of them playing college hockey right now and uh you know it's it's important to like look up to them and they helped guide us a lot I think and helped build that family. And this year when we came back, it was, it was even stronger. So I really appreciated, you know, the people at Culver adults and players. Yeah, I definitely like had a different experience since I came two years before uh, Caroline, Abby and Zoe. So coming from, I played, uh, with two girls that are currently here right now. So I already knew some people here, which made it a lot easier for me to decide to come to Culver and also the coach my freshman year. Um, she coached me even before going to Culver, uh, which made a really easy transition for me. But even then the team environment wasn't as great as it is now. And I think like Zoe said, those seniors from last year really created a big family environment 
and made it so much easier for the new girls this year and last year to come into Culver and really feel like at home and connected with all the That's really amazing. I, I really respect it when some of the senior leaders are able to kind of take a bunch of the new players and kind of put them in the spotlight and make them feel welcome. And you guys kind of touched on it a little bit. I want to I want to dive a little deeper on what you said about your community. How would you guys describe your community? I mean, you, we've heard from the lacrosse community. We heard about the, the dance vision community and the boys hockey community. But how would you guys describe the girls hockey community? Because I see you guys are together fairly often. And it seems like you guys are always having a good time and getting along pretty well. So if somebody would like to touch on that a little bit. um, I, I'd love to take this one. I think this year, our biggest thing with the you know leadership group on our team was to build that community um, and build that family. Um, and I think, especially with the new girls, the amount of new girls we had this year, it was definitely important to build that family with so much um, going on in the world with COVID. So, I mean, I think just like you walk into the locker room every day and I'll always say it, um, it's my favorite part of the day. Like I look forward to going to the rink and seeing all the girls and getting on the ice, dancing around in the locker room on the ice. Um, I just really appreciate it. Everyone's there with a smile every day and ready to work. And there's no one else I'd rather, you know, call my family. That sounds like an unbelievable environment to be around. I mean, there's a lot of times where teams say that they've, that it's like that, but don't really show it. But I can tell from you guys' like atmosphere around campus, I can tell you guys really care for each other like that. Uh, something that I just kind of thought of as you were saying that, Zoe, you said dancing around in the locker room. I got to know what are the pregame tunes or what are even the practice, the pregame practice. Like back when I was playing uh, hockey in the Western States Hockey League, we had a a certain music choice for each day of the week. Is it kind of like that for you guys or is it just off the dome or what? what's that pregame music? Oh, like oh, Ricky, room? wouldn't you like to know? Well, Katie Manning is our DJ, in fact, but I will say. Country Thursdays are Caroline Alphin's forte, so she'll take over on Thursday and play some country. But I think Katie's a great, great uh, DJ for us pregame. Yeah, I I love to take Ox uh, before games. Always playing like a mix of music, pleasing everybody to get everyone hyped and in the zone. So always putting in some rap every once in a while. Then um, also got like those throwback jams that get us going, get us singing. Um, and I hope, I think everyone enjoys the music we play. It just like something that we all enjoy together and um, is a really good way to help us focus in and like just no, dance I and come love together. Music, and, like, Katie. It always really gets me going, but I think that kind of goes back to what Ricky asked about like our team environment. I think we're like super competitive when it comes to game time, but in the locker room, we listen to some really good music and have fun with each other. I'm always a guy who's down for some good music. I mean, you guys know that. And we even had an episode on the show where we literally talked music the whole time. So I, I always enjoy that. So it's always good to hear. Um, my question for you guys, though, as seniors, this one's kind of geared towards Katie and Zoe. What are your guys's like leadership models that you want to pass down to the younger girls through the program as they kind of make their way through? What's something you'd like to see from them and, and the program as a whole? 
Um, I mean, I can start off. I'm sure Katie can touch on this a little bit, too. Um, this year, you know, obviously I've said it before, like it looked a lot different than any other previous year. So it was hard mentally. Um, and I think that comes to like the focus of like just like mental health, making sure you check in with your teammates. Like that's really important. And I hope that continues on, you know, pandemic or not. Um, another thing I think is really important is to show up and work. Um, you know, when you get on the ice, you should want to work. You should want, even though if you're getting bagged, you know, you should want to do it. Um, it sucks in the moment, but it makes you better. And I think the programs, you know, in, in the middle of that next step, um, of becoming, you know, like great from good. Um, so I think just continuing to, you know, have that competitive atmosphere, but also have fun and enjoy what you're doing. Because if you're not enjoying it, you know, it's probably time to hang up the skates. But leadership wise, just continue to um, push with, you know, healthy competition um, and just keep that environment, you know, a positive one, but one that also pushes you to your limits. Um, also, I'll add on to that, like we're a team full of a lot of young girls, like we've got girls from 14 to 18 years old. And I think it's really important for like the leaders, the juniors and the sophomores that are moving into the leadership positions for next year to make sure they're setting that example for those younger girls and showing what it's like to be in this competitive uh, environment that Culver hockey is. Um, and I also think it's a lot about like how much you care. So like when we get to practice, like Zoe said, like you should want to do these things, but you should also care about your teammates and care about your development and your teammates' development in order for us to move on and to win those district um, games, to move on to the national championships. And I think that's a lot of what helped us this year uh, in those district games and at the national tournament. Now to the contrary, for Abby and Caroline, how do you guys plan on using what these uh, senior leaders have kind of taught and shaped for you guys uh, in the future? Because even though you won't be seniors on the team, you'll still have a heavy leadership presence for the new freshmen and sophomores that come into the program. Um. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely go at this first, but I think it's definitely kind of what Zoe and Katie were saying is like, showing up and caring and like the way that our team atmosphere is I mean Zoe had this this saying all season was big team little me and I think that's definitely something that a lot of us will carry with us um it definitely just shows like all of our younger girls we definitely look up to those senior leaders and not even just senior leaders we look to up to every single one of our teammates and we have a sense of respect for everybody and I think definitely having those senior roles and those girls who have been here for two, three, four years, whatever it is, they definitely have some input and it's always respected from the younger girls. And I think kind of moving on and going into my junior year next year is definitely like taking those, the past two senior classes and like seeing what they've done each year and like how, what has worked for our team and what hasn't and taking the things that have and putting it into our own sense of our new reality and our new season of next year is definitely going to be a big part and just continuing to carry on that family atmosphere and just putting in that work every day. With yeah, I agree with everything Kara just said there. Um, I also think that something that Zoe and Katie did this year as leaders on our team that might have 
partially been because of COVID and everything that we went through, we went through a lot, is I think it's super important that we're all close with each other and we all really take the time to get to know each other and get to know why everybody's here. Like, I think it's super important, especially since we spend a lot of time together to just have that mutual respect and trust with everybody and trust that everybody's here for their own right reasons and that everybody's here to make everybody better and that we all care and that we're all working towards the same goal. Yeah, so I kind of want to transition off what you guys have been saying about the program here. And I kind of want to ask you guys like how you got into hockey and what your beginnings were. So if, if each one of you guys want to touch on that a little bit. Um, I can I can go first. Um, so I guess my experience with hockey has definitely been a different one. I've uh, I've started skating when I was about six. I um, grew up watching my older brother and my older sister both play hockey and uh, watched my sister go on to play D3. And my brother is now playing college club. But um, I definitely think my experience coming from what I'd like to assume is like the northern part of southern states. Um, I there was not a lot of girls hockey programs. And with that, I was um, put into boys hockey at a really young age. And coming up through the boys hockey program is I've definitely had some ups and downs with it. And I think each year I became closer and closer with the same guys who kind of just stayed on my stayed on my team every year. And I think as I my final year at home was definitely a fan favorite for me. I played with the kids that I played with since I was eight and coming, taking that family atmosphere, coming in and being welcomed fresh into a girls program, U19 tier one program was definitely a, it was different. It was a lot, a lot was new. And I think for that was very reassuring to have that uh, family aspect still brought into it, both on the girls and the guys side. Um, I'll just follow up with that. So, um, I, my dad, he was a big hockey player and played division three college. Um, so he was a really big influence in, uh, why I started to play hockey and also my brother played hockey. So, um, I played on boys as well for a few years and which really got me into it because that type of environment was always super fun and really what made me love hockey. Um, and then at the program I was at, we started a girls program. So it was like one of the first girls program, um, where I lived. And that was a really big experience for me because it showed me how much, how important it is to care about hockey and my teammates. And, um, then following my eighth grade year, I came to Culver and experienced the same type of family environment, which was great. Um, I'll, I'll go next. Um, I love this question. I love talking about it. Um, makes me smile. My, my dad was a professional, uh, like minor pro and college coach, um, for 30 plus years. Um, he's just like newly retired from that. And, um, my brother Mason, who graduated from Culver, um, is also a hockey player. Um, so kind of just growing up, I, you know, I wanted to bond with my dad. I wanted to bond with my brother. So I started skating and it's, it's always been the favorite part of my day. Um, you know, learning from both of them 
has been awesome. Um, and it still, you know, continues to grow that bond between my family and I. Um, and I love that. I started playing when I was, you know, five, I think. Um, and I played, <clears throat> excuse me, in various like teams in Madison, like mostly the Madison Capitals. Um, and then I, when I decided to come to Culver, I made the jump, um, which was awesome. And other than that, like nothing else than just like growing the bond with my family and learning so much from the game. Um, I'm really thankful for it. Yeah, my family wasn't as into hockey as Zoe's was, that's for sure. Um, my dad never actually played, but he had a pond in his backyard and he just always loved the game. So when he had a boy, which is my older brother, um, he made sure to get him on skates. And then he also got me into figure skating, but I wasn't really up for all that skirt stuff. So I started playing too, and it just kind of went from there. I played boys. I then went up to play AAA girls for the Cleveland Barons. And then, I don't know, time just flew by. And now I'm here sitting in my room talking about how I played hockey. Yeah, you gotta love it. Everybody's story is a little bit a little bit different. Everybody comes from uh, a different background of hockey, and th that's what makes the game so great. Is if you it doesn't matter if you start when you're two years old or you start when you're twelve years old. You know, everybody ends up playing together and having a good time, and that's what's great about the game. Uh, my next question for you guys is: Who are your role models in the sport of hockey? Uh, whether that be a professional that plays in the NHL or even in the women's national league, or even Zoe, maybe it's your brother who was recently drafted. I don't really know if you guys want to touch on that a little bit. Um, yeah, Ricky, since you just mentioned Mason, um, that is usually my answer. Um, he's gone through, you know, a lot of adversity um, in his career. Um, you know, I think when he went to Culver, he was playing forward, not, not playing very much and then by his senior year he was a defenseman uh that was eating up a lot of minutes and now like getting drafted second round I think like that was really inspiring for me to watch um and obviously like he's my best friend so it's really awesome to just watch him grow and and look up to him he's very humble never talks about it so he's definitely yeah my role model with that Um, my role model would like definitely have to be my dad. Uh, so he grew up playing like high school hockey and at his age, it was a super competitive um, group where on the south side of Chicago and he moved on to play like division three hockey and did really well there. And I think looking up to how well he did in the hockey aspect of things and how much it's created a bond between us. Um, that's definitely, he's definitely a big part of why I play hockey and who I look up to and who I learn from with a lot of things. So, um, someone I look up to is actually one of my old teammates that I've played with ever since I was like 10 or 12, but she was one of the first people that I played with ever since I got into girls hockey. Um, her name's Elena Giampietro and she actually plays for Gilmore, who we consider to be our rivals. But even though we're rivals, we're still really good friends, but She's a year older than me, just committed to Providence, and I've just really admired her work ethic and how hard she works and how encouraging she is. She's just super fun to be on the ice with in almost everything about her that I can think of. 
I admire. And she's just someone that really inspires me to work harder because she's someone that I've played with and that's gotten to where I want to be. And I think that that really helps me see that like where I want to go is in my reach and Um, to kind of round it off here, I think my biggest role models are definitely my two siblings. I am 10 years younger than my sister. So, um, when I was in the third grade, I watched her go off and go play prep school hockey, hockey as well. And, um, following that up, I watched my brother go and play AAA U16s and then continue on to finish off his youth career on a U18 junior canes team. But I think growing up, I've always, I've been the youngest sibling and I've always wanted to be as good as or better than my siblings. And I think kind of growing up and finally having that sense of like, I've done it and I've accomplished something within my hockey career and coming to Culver definitely helped me kind of pursue my dreams even more. And I think as I grew up, my siblings were more and more supportive. And though I got a lot of, I got a lot of crap for it coming up as the youngest and being thrown around in corners with my siblings and trying to fight for pucks at open skates. It's definitely taught me like that drive and that competitiveness and like being able to have that connection off the ice, but also being able to switch a gear on the ice has definitely been a big influence for me. So I'd say my siblings. Yeah, that's great. So like, I'm, I'm glad you guys were able to talk about kind of your beginnings and getting into hockey and also your role models. Uh, I just have one more question. I think Ricky's going to come back for one after me, but I'm kind of curious. This one's kind of like directed towards Caroline because, I mean, your number is pretty arbitrary, but if you guys all want to answer, like what's the significance behind your guys' numbers and like how is that important to you guys? Well, I, if obviously you don't know what my number is, but um, my number is 92. Uh, as a defenseman, that's, very high. I feel like defensemen are definitely low numbers. Um, but yeah, so 92 was actually my father's. Um, my dad used to race in the NASCAR and uh, stock car level, and that was his number. And my second youth year, I was originally 16. My second youth year, the number 16 was already taken. So I actually kind of sauced around a few ideas with my family and my dad was like you know what Caroline like why don't you be my number why don't you be 92 for a season and ever since I was six it's definitely stuck around and coming to Culver having that number and being able to wear both my number to represent like my family and where I come from and definitely having Culver on the front side is definitely a big accomplishment and I know it's very odd very odd number but Definitely has a whole, a lot of meaning behind um, it. I'll also touch on the the number situation. Um, so I wear number twenty at Culver, and that's it's a really important number in our family. Um, I don't know if any of you guys know Bob Suter. He was on the nineteen eighty Olympic team. Um, he was a big part of my hockey journey. Him and my dad were very close friends, um, and he passed away um, years back, and you know that hit our family really hard. So Mace. Mason and I um, started wearing number 20, and that's really important. Like Caroline said, like having the culver on the front of it is huge. It makes it even more special. Um, My number six, it kind of just happened by coincidence. It was one of the numbers yeah. that like was open that I could pick from. I can stop if you want, Rick. 
No. No, go for it. Continue, please. Oh, okay. Well, my number six was one of the numbers that was left over that like the freshmen could choose from when they were coming in. I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what? That's not a bad number. That's like the date that my parents got married, the day my grandma was born, the day my best friend was born. So it's just, I don't know, kind of sentimental. Those are all great stories. I mean, some people wear a number just because, and some people have a, a sentimental reason behind why they do it. So I, I got to appreciate what everybody's story is. Uh, as we're closing out on time here, I got one last question. Uh, if this is kind of just a one person answer, maybe, maybe this could be kind of geared towards the seniors because mm -hmm. they're kind of done with their Culver hockey career. Uh, my question would be, what's your favorite Culver hockey memory? Um, I definitely have created a lot of Culver memories here being here for four years, but I think like we've talked about before, the moments of like winning those really big games that we work for all year is one of the greatest experiences any, I think any athlete can have. So like winning this year with my team, with our team and running or skating out to our goalie uh, after winning our district championship game. Um, that's definitely a great moment for me because it's a time where my our whole team is just celebrating all of our work and everything we've come like come to and worked for. And uh, that'd probably be my favorite memory. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on the podcast tonight as the second uh, representation of Culver Girls Academy. You guys did a really good job, and I'm really excited that we had this opportunity. So I just want to thank you for joining us. Thanks, Ricky. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Much appreciated. Thank you, thank guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Ricky. Of course. So now we are going to transition the show to the next part. So girls, thank you for joining us, and uh, have a great night. Bye, Ricky Rex. All right, now joining me, we um, are joined here by the Culver Military Academy prep hockey team. A uh, little bit different, though. So we've had the prep team on in the past. We've had uh, a few of the boys, but now we're joined by a different group. So I'm going to let them go ahead and introduce themselves in just a second. But we're also joined by a member of the 16s hockey team. So I'll let him introduce himself as well. Boys, if you want to go ahead and let, me, let him know who you are. Uh, what's up, Rick? Uh, first and foremost, on behalf of the boys, just wanted to thank you for having us on. You know, seven episodes in, I think this is the eighth one running. We're, we're big fans of the show, and we were waiting, waiting for an opportunity to get on, so thank you. Yeah, boys, of course. Um, my name is Danny. I'm a, I'm a three-year senior here in Culver. I'm in Company C, and I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. And like Rick said, I'm, I'm on the prep hockey team here in Culver. Um, I'd also like to thank Rick for letting us hop on the podcast, um, getting, I heard a couple hundred views and listens, so very excited to hop on. I'm Miles Muth. I'm Danny's younger brother. I'm also on the prep hockey team. Um, I'm a junior 03 in company C, so 
Um, this was my first rookie year on the prep team, and I'll be um, playing next year on the prep team as well. Yeah, boys. Uh, thanks for Rick for having us on. It's a big pleasure. Lots of listeners at home. I know my little brother tunes in every single one of these. Uh, my name's Drew Douglas. I'm a right winger on the prep hockey team, and I'm from uh, Wilmette, Illinois. Um, I'm Cross Sherman. I played on the 16s this last year. I'm a three-year junior at Culver. And from Minneapolis, Indiana. And thanks for having me, Rick. Boys, not a problem at all. I mean, I hang out with you guys pretty much every day. So uh, this was bound to happen. You know that. So I'm glad you guys were able to make it out. Uh, thanks for introducing yourselves. And we'll go ahead and get going here with uh, the short little interview recap of your trip to nationals. So for those of you guys listening, the CMA prep hockey team made their trip to nationals here this last week weekend kind of time um it wasn't the regular way that uh, these guys got to natties though it was a little unorthodox and i'd like to let them go ahead and speak on that how they got there and what it took from the beginning of the season into a district tournament into the national tournament so if you guys wanted to go ahead and take that away yeah rick i mean great great question uh you know, uh, with COVID, obviously, in every every aspect of pretty much everyone's lives here these last last year, or so it's been it's been tough trying to get back to normal, having any sense of normalcy in anything you're doing. So that was definitely no different this year coming in with hockey. Uh, we we were we were we were quick to quick to realize that at the beginning of the year. I think after our first weekend of games, we got sent into a two week quarantine because uh, of positive tests on our team. So we were missing games and missing competitions. Um, you know, as soon as the season started. So we knew that was going to be a challenge dealing with that throughout the season, uh, COVID tests and whatnot during the week and just having special protocols, uh, especially when we go on the road and things like that. So uh, that was definitely no different when it came time for, for districts, which is how you usually qualify uh, for nationals winning that tournament. Um, if you're not, you know, a top, top few team in the country already beforehand. And unfortunately, we had a similar situation come up. Um, obviously, uh, most most people on school are aware of that. But, uh, you know, that was just that was hard because that's that's something that's a little bit out of our control. You know, we were trying our best to, you know, stay within the protocols that were meant to keep keep something like that from happening. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was really yeah. just out of our out of our control. Uh, we had a positive test or two come up within two weeks of the tournament, and we were obviously not allowed to not allowed to compete. So there was a lot of, a lot of chaos, a lot of uncertainty after that. Cause we weren't sure, you know, we obviously weren't able to obtain a bid in the traditional way. And that was just kind of stressful and a anxiety filled few weeks after that, trying to, you know, play some regular season games to try to put ourselves in the best position to get an at large bid. Cause there's only a few of those that go out after the, after the district tournaments are done. So it was definitely unorthodox, definitely, a new experience compared to any other other Culver team that's gone to nationals, but you know it was definitely definitely worth it. Definitely fun every step of the way with the boys. Yeah, and on top of what Danny said, all the adversity we had to go through to make it to the national tournament at the end of the year, um, we had a brand new coach this year too. So we had a group of guys coming in who had been with each other for already three or four years, um, and a brand new coach coming in to try to achieve this goal that the prep team in the recent years hadn't achieved 
in a while. I think it, when was the last time Prep's been to the three, four years ago. So um, it was tough, but I think the way we all came together, handled the adversity positively, and all came together as a group to achieve one common goal. Um, yeah, I think that's how we did it. Yeah, just an unbelievable experience for you guys. It had to have been, I mean, going through the ups and downs of the season, you had uh, the lows of the lows, you know, and when you guys had to go into quarantine. And then obviously you had those highs of the highs when you guys were playing uh, such extreme games like the Shattuck game that we had here. But I, I kind of want to know what were emotions like when you first first found out that you weren't going to the district tournament, but then the reverse emotion when you guys found out you had gotten that at-large bid to make the national tournament. Kind of touch on that, please. Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was definitely tough. I, I won't forget that day. We were all sitting in the stands, and Colonel came up and gave us the bad news. And a lot of people were hanging their heads, especially because we had a volleyball team go down for this exact reason, who had just uh, basically went through the whole same situation, their season being ended because of COVID-related matters. And so it was definitely hard to it – was, it was a tough pill to swallow, but every kind of – uh, held on to each other's shoulders and made sure to give each other every opportunity to go to nationals and uh we got there and we did what we 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 had that whole whole goal of our whole year so definitely a, a really rewarding feeling and something that not a lot of us were expecting we're going to move on here to the next question and it's kind of for the whole group as a whole how was your overall experience at natty's the the tournament I kind of want to know, like, the games, how they how they went, and then uh, what it was just like to be at the tournament overall, if you guys want to touch on that a little bit. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, it's definitely – I mean, it was definitely an unbelievable experience. Just, you know, obviously, when you're playing AAA hockey, no matter what, uh, no matter what age group, that's always kind of the goal at the end of the year. And it's – you know, you get the patch on the jersey, you get all the all the stuff, all the, all the perks and, and kind of the – the clout, if you will, of going to Nashville. So that that aspect of it was pretty cool. And obviously the hype all around it with social media and things like that, you know, being being among that group of 16 teams that gets to play at the end of the year for something like that is pretty special. Um, and so just being able to, you know, get to the rank and it's all, you know, decked out and all this Nationals gear. You're, like I said, your jersey's got the patches on them and stuff like that. And you're obviously – everyone there is just playing at an elevated level of hockey too because it's it's postseason it's for national national titles so that was just overall i guess from that aspect just an unbelievable experience you know each game no matter who we were playing it was extremely heightened than it would have been just if it had been a regular season game and, and especially um i gotta say definitely highlight of the highlight of the week was that shack game uh, just just the the energy in the rank and the amount of people that were by the end of the game, by OT and by the shootout, we gathered, you know, other 18s and 16s teams, parents, uh, just hockey supporters in the community. Uh, we actually ran into just like a pure hockey worker um, the next day. And he said, you know, it, like he, he noticed it was it was Matt Loney and I, our goalie. And we went with my dad to the shop the next day and we it was just some random pure hockey worker. And he noticed our Culver rag on and he was like, hey, boys, like. You know that was that was a hell of a game last night. That was that was the best non-NHL hockey game I've ever been to in my life. And just you know being able to compete at that at that level, you know being streamed hockey TV stuff like that, and just 
obviously that's a rivalry game. No one really, you know, knows that feeling other than Culver and Shattuck players and being able to, you know, take that rivalry to the next step on that stage at nationals was, was an unbelievable experience, even though the end result was a little bit shy of what we were going for. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, that Shattuck game was unbelievable. I was fortunate enough to be able to watch it. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I was missing a little bit of class to watch that game. But uh, I got to support the boys somehow, you know. I mean, I wasn't able to be there with you guys this time, but I was there in spirit. So, But watching you guys compete there is probably some of the best hockey I've ever seen the team play. I mean, what, when's the last time uh, Culver scored five goals against Shattuck, you know, and then when it took him to a, a shootout, which you guys did earlier. So it's just an unbelievable game to watch. So that was, that was awesome for you guys. But if anybody else kind of wants to talk about their experience at Natty's, open for that. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess I'll touch on Danny was saying earlier about uh, how the competition is just heightened to a new level. Um, all 16 teams are capable of playing at a very high level. That's why they're still playing um, in the month of May, um, one of the teams that made it. So um, you got teams like Shattuck, St. Mary's, Rocco, um, these top tier teams that everybody knows that they can play. And then you got teams like Columbus who ended up making a pretty good run. Car Shield, who gave us a really hard game in the first game. Sioux Falls ended up beating us in OT and they were on paper the worst to make it to the tournament. So it's just, you got to come to the rink ready to play because each and every one of these teams can give you a game no matter who they are. Everyone's playing their balls off to try to win a national title. So um, there's going to be different puck bounces too. Um, if you keep the game, the chain, the game beats you right back. So, yes, sir. you know what I mean? Everyone's playing oh. Oh. disciplined hockey. And once you get out of your structure, um, that's when you start to get on the wrong side of games. You know what field's saying? There's nothing better than playoff hockey, right? It's uh it's a completely different animal. So, like you said, the competition is always going to be a lot better, no matter no matter who you are or how how good or bad you look on paper. I mean, it's a completely new beast that you have to battle with. And uh, I mean, overall, I think you guys played really really well. I mean, think about where you guys were sitting of what three four weeks ago, not getting to go to that district tournament, just kind of hoping for that bid getting it and now coming back after a, a tough quarterfinal loss. So I think the grit and the, the overcoming of adversity was definitely there. Uh, this, this question kind of goes out for um, Miles real quick. Miles, you were a, a first-year prep guy, and you're one of the younger guys on the team being uh, a junior, not a senior. So and you came from VA last year. What was the, what was the difference in – play i mean season wide and then like you you already touched on what it was like to go to playoffs but how was that jump from va to like straight to prep man i mean that doesn't happen often so i definitely commend you for that if you kind of want to touch on that a little bit well thank you rick um yeah it was a it's a lot different i mean starting out that first week of practice coach came up to um me Pat Brandenberger, Spencer Watson, Carson Paxson, and Luke Secord. We were the five guys that were not coming from either U16 or prep um, onto the team this year. And he said, you guys got a week and um, 
I'm only taking three out of the five of you. So um, have a good week of practice, and we'll meet at the end of the week. So that's how I started out on the team with the uncertainty of even making it at the end of the week. So um, then we get into practice, and the compete is 10 times harder than any VA practice I had last year. So I'm working my tail off just to try to fit in, try to – prove myself, separate myself from the pack, just to have coach kind of notice me to show what I can provide to this team, even though the skill level was kind of a lot greater than where I was coming from. So that was tough at first, but once I kind of had that um, assurance of yeah I'm on the team it was easier to kind of sit back and be like okay I'm here I can make mistakes I can learn from them but like that's when I really started to feel like I'm stepping out of my comfort zone trying new things improving and I feel like this year I've been grinding but it's the competition and practice all my teammates pushing me has gotten me turned me into a way better hockey player today you know I've I've got to agree with you there. I think I think where you came from to where you are now is an unbelievable progress change. Um, I mean, when we, when we first started, like you said, it was like a battle for you five guys to make it, and like obviously you made the team, and then you worked your butt off the entire season coming into the playoffs. I mean, if I recall correctly, you you even scored at the national champion or at the national tournament. Is that correct? Yep, that's correct, Rick. You got you gotta tell me what was the what was the feeling like? I mean, you, you tucked a, a pretty big goal in that game. So I mean the you must have felt really good going to that going back to the bench to high five the boys and like I mean I was cheering for it, having a good time, so Yeah, it was a great feeling, you know, in a one one hockey game, um third period of a crucial game to win. Um the puck was just laying there in the corner. I thought hey, I'd maybe throw something on that, see what happens, and it ended up trickling right through. So um, it was a great feeling. Um, it's one of the best feelings I've ever felt, scoring a goal in a national championship game. All of the boys are fired up, you know, going up in the third period. Uh, we were working our asses off, too. That was a tough game to win. Car Shield had been on our asses all game, you know, dumping pucks in, applying the pressure. We were giving it right back. It was nice to kind of go ahead there, but, um, yeah. That's awesome, man. Good for you. Uh, I really appreciate that, Miles. So this one, this next question I've got, this is going to go out to you, Sherm. So you're kind of sitting in here with us. You weren't on the prep team this year, but you were, however, the starting goalie of U16. So what, what do you see? Well, let me free, rephrase it here a little bit. Moving forward, you're going to be trying out for the prep team next year. After, after seeing these guys have such a successful season, what are your plans for the summer and then going into the preseason skates next year, trying to grab a hold of that starting spot for prep next year, if that makes sense? Yeah, well, obviously, after watching the prep boys do so well um, out there at Nationals, and we obviously all saw back here at Culver how hard they were working, and 
what it took for them out throughout the season to get to that point in where they were athletically and the ability to do what they did. So I think it showed all of us on the 16s team what it really takes to even go to the national tournament and become national champions, hopefully someday, and what it takes to get there. But obviously over the summer, taking workouts seriously and get on the ice as much as possible for next season and have the best hopes that we have a good team, everybody gets, to, gets along together, and we just win some games. Well, Sherm, I, I wish you the best of luck there, man. I mean, most of us are moving on. You'll have Miles next year, but it'll be pretty much a whole new team moving into that prep locker room because, well, what was it, 20? No, I, I'd say 18 seniors of the 23 guys on the team. Close to that. Would, yeah, would that be correct? 18, yeah. Yeah, so yeah we're definitely uh, have some kids grow up and really fill some shoes, big shoes that the prep boys – left for us to fill mm -hmm. and i think that they're staying on prep next season we'll fill those shoes just fine yeah so for the seniors that are on this car right now what are your guys' plans moving forward uh i know the season is over but what are your plans kind of to pass off leadership to those guys who are going to be filling those shoes and what what do you guys plan on doing with the leadership learned that was passed down to you moving forward into your your field of work or even at college or however that would work out for you wherever you go next oh uh, yeah you know i uh i i definitely it, it's been a hell of a year and I've, I've learned more from these guys than anyone else and so uh next year i haven't really decided what's being done but uh i have uh high hopes for either playing hockey or going and attending university and uh, getting on with my life. Yeah, um, got to, you know, piggyback on Dougie here, kind of in a similar boat with a bit undecided for myself individually for next year. But uh, going back to what you said, Rick, just about with the guys that are, you know, the five the five non-seniors we have returning, just that, that's going to be a bit of a smaller, veteran group to guide this, you know, talented, but definitely, you know, on the younger side, Rick, that they have coming in next year for sure so I mean I think with this unique experience we had this year not only going to nationals which was the first and you know like like we said about three years but just all the challenges and the additional adversity that we had to deal with with COVID you know it created a you know an even additional kind of further bond than most you know hockey teams already are kind of known to have and just having that with the boys and kind of seeing kind of the grittiest and the, and the hardest work in season take place that I can, that in my opinion, in the last few years, just due to that extra adversity kind of, you know, it, it would have been an easier, easy year to kind of pack it in and not really, you know, give everything you got, you know, to practice every day, especially in those fall weeks when we didn't know if we were going to be even be able to compete for the rest of the season. Cause like um, due, due to COVID our games didn't really pick up till a week or two before Christmas break. And then, Coach Patrick and, and the rest of the kind of coaching staff and hockey program did a great job getting us back on track and getting us just about to a normal amount of games for the regular season. But up until just before Christmas break, we only had two, three games under our belt. So those few weeks and just constantly working out, practicing, yet, you know, not having any opportunities to show it, that that just definitely just added, like I said, an additional adversity factor to the group. But 
with that came just, you know, just a further strength and bond that we have. Those guys, those five guys, Miles and, and, and the other juniors that were on the team this year, as well as the kind of junior leaders on the U16 team that are going to be first year seniors on the prep team next year. Like they, you know, they were either in the locker room with us or they were very close witnesses to, you know, what it takes, to, you know, keep discipline and keep hard work. And so I'm, I'm confident we're leaving behind and we're leaving the team in the hands of because, you know, they they saw it firsthand what it takes this year and it's only going to get easier, especially in that aspect with COVID and with practicing and, you know, being, being with the guys at the rink. So they pretty much have to take got going we, we got started here and just run with it next year you know just try to keep keep going with that and uh like was mentioned earlier you know coach patrick came in first year that's a that's a tough tough first year to have is is your first year as the prep head coach and the program manager and and you know he just did a great job with with his uh you know just coming right in his his values and his coaching style meshed perfectly with you know kind of the history of culver hockey and what we're about as a program and so his his motivation, his his influence on our group, you know, just kept it so that we were we were able to kind of put our heads down and work. And so, yeah, going back to that, I'm just I'm confident in the group of guys that we have left behind to kind of guide that wave of rookies next year and kind of keep what we've got. Hopefully, build just building every year off this. And this is kind of the you know this is the first step in putting Culver back on the map as a you know national quarterfinalist, semifinalist, and finalist every year from here on out. Absolutely, and, Danny. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. And picking back uh, Danny and kind of going on the 16 side of hopefully here and playing uh, for the boys in the locker room, the O4s that are going up, some other boys, um, they're willing to, after seeing the level of competeness and the seriousness these guys took it this year, we're definitely willing to learn and build that bond that these boys have and really just kind of grow as people and as hockey players to fill the shoes, like I said earlier. And just, I think the leaders that we're leaving behind on the prep team will be able to guide us and they know what it takes to be winners and then be able to make it to that finalist or the 90s. Yeah, absolutely. There's really nothing more you could ask for. You, you said it there that the boys, the younger guys, the 03s, 04s, even some of the 05s, they saw – they saw what it takes to compete, and now they know what the, the level of expectation is. And so they're going to have to move in and kind of take over. And Danny, we were kind of put in a similar place last year. You and I, we were two of seven returners on the prep team. So we kind of know what it feels like and what these guys are going to have to go through. But I think these guys might have it a little bit easier. I mean, the, the way the program's kind of changed directions. And uh, like you said, we're, we're kind of put back on the map now after – an unbelievable national uh, appearance. So I got one yeah, more question for, yeah. oh, sorry, go ahead if you have something. No, no, just just agreeing with you. Absolutely, man, I agree. I just think, you know, we, you and I, in our, back in our rookie days, had some great leaders, some great vets on our team, but, you know, they hadn't, you know, exactly a year before, they hadn't exactly been through what, what our juniors have been through this year. So I think they're just going to have an even elevate, the, the rookies next year are going to have an even more elevated sense of that leadership in the locker room due to the, you know, what we accomplished and what we went through as a Mm -hmm. I think you hit the nail right on the head there with that one, Danny. So my last question, I mean, we, we're kind of running low on time here. So I want to just ask this one for, for the collective. What would be your favorite Culver hockey memory? I mean, each of you guys have different backgrounds with it. And we kind of all or you guys are all at the same level now. What would be your favorite hockey memory if you guys want to each touch on that? Keep it a little short here. We don't want to 
take take up too much time if that uh, makes sense. Not trying to be rude there at all. Oh uh, yeah, no. So uh, I would say to keep it brief, my favorite Clover memory was uh, winning state championship here. I did it with uh, some guys that I never really knew, but eventually came a lot of my best friends, especially Miles being one of them, and it was uh, you know a really emotional experience. I never won something of that uh, that that amount of of you know uh, just like. It was a great championship, and we brought her home and went to steak and shake till 4 a.m. And you know, <laughs> wow. that's, that's what you make your memories with. So, that was my favorite core hockey memory. Um, I would say mine uh, was at the last game of the season this year, and I was a, um, we were able to beat Shattuck. I think we were one of the first 16 teams to ever do that, and it was really special to everybody and to really show how far we come in the season, how hard we work and be able to represent it for the school and be able to win a big game like that. Yeah, uh, for me, you know, there's just countless funny times with the boys, you know, on roadies or whatever, what have you not. But I'd have to, you know, one one good memory to pick out for my whole experience, definitely the same weekend as Sherman's. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't uh, get the same result against Shattuck, uh, shootout loss. But that night was senior night. Uh, the nest was, like, packed first time and we had really been able to kind of packed the rank uh, that, that year due to COVID. And it was just, it was really special, you know, having that feeling of, of Al Clark packed full of Culver students again for a Shattuck game. And it was that mixed with senior night and then added on top, you know, it being a entertaining five period game, you know, you're just buzzing the whole time. You're feeding off the energy, your friends, and especially being seniors, you know, that's, that's some, that you're taking time before the game to kind of recognize you, you and your group of guys that you've been playing Culver hockey with since you got there, you know, that, that same group. And it was, yeah, like, like Sherm said, especially with their, uh, with, with Shattuck weekend kind of taking place at an unusual time usually takes place in January, February, but it taking place, you know, right at the end of the regular season, it was a perfect testament to how to kind of measure each team and how far we've come throughout the year. So I, I thought that was extremely special this year. Um, yeah, Danny just mentioned one of, um, my favorite Culver hockey memories thus far. Um, I mean, playing a team like Shattuck with that type of caliber, um, with that type of caliber opponent is special anywhere, anytime, any place you play them. And packing the nest, packing out Clark on a senior night, um, no better setting than to play Shattuck there in front of all the fans and on Al Clark. Um, the energy was electric. Um, the boys were feeding off it. I, I mean, it sucked. We couldn't pull out with the win, but it was still a great feeling. But also, um, getting to play that type of team with that type of rivalry and a national tournament setting, that was one of my favorite moments, too. I mean, both teams were just playing their asses off. They punched us. We punched them back. Took them to a shootout again. Five six entertaining game. I mean, that was probably one of my, probably my favorite uh, Culver hockey memory thus far. Hopefully, there are more good ones to come next year. Boys, I I thank you guys for sharing those memories. I mean, everybody's kind of got different ones of different moments because everybody's got different uh, kind of career paths in, in the hockey realm. Uh, Danny, you said something that kind of stuck out to me a little bit. 
about how you have countless memories of like last year's team. I mean, that, that was the year you and I got really close because we played together, uh, being line mates most of the time when you were back there on the D. And so I can just remember all, all the road trips that we spent hanging out in, in the hotel rooms and on the bus. So I definitely know exactly where you guys are coming from. Um, so we're actually coming right up on our time slot here. And I just wanted to say thank you, boys, for joining me on tonight's episode of After Taps. It was really fun, and I'm glad you guys were able to make it. Uh, we did have some technical dif- difficulties kind of getting into it. And then uh, halfway through, we did have to take a pause. But overall, I'm really excited that you guys are able to join. You know, Rick, I mean, yeah. no no Thank worries you. on the tech- yeah. technical difficulties. And like I said at the beginning, on behalf of all the boys, we're huge after tap stands. We've been kind of fanboying over the show since it came out. We were just, you know, <laughs> very lucky to have the opportunity to come and come and hang out with you for a few minutes. It's great. It's been my biggest dream to come on after taps <laughs> in my life. Oh, Dougie, makes me feel good. Thank you, boys. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate you, Rick. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks again to uh, everybody who was here on the episode today. That's going to conclude uh, episode eight of After Taps, the podcast with uh, your host, Eric Marshall and co-host Tim Flanagan, who wasn't make wasn't able to make it to the second half. But uh, it, it, this was kind of a long one, but it was a good one. So I hope you guys enjoy. Have a good night. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Night, Rick.